Welcome to the Self-Reliance Wealth Podcast. My name is Dave Deal, and I am your host to learning how you can create side hustle income. Hello, and welcome, everybody, to the Self-Reliant Wealth, Wealth Reliance Podcast. My name is Dave Deal, and I'm your host, and this is episode number 15. We have a very special guest with us today. This is what I'd like to call a serial entrepreneur. He's done multiple different business strategies, started different companies, and he's really had some amazing insight into the world of small business. And so without further ado, Tommy, come on out, man. Tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how you got into entrepreneurship. Thanks, Dave, for having me. You know, it's a, an incredible honor to be able to uh, speak a little bit about myself and, you know, hopefully give insight to a few other people. Um, so to give you a little bit of a background about myself, so I'm a Utah boy, um, born and raised in Salt Lake City, Utah, uh, went to Highland High School, um, where I graduated. I was super into student government, um, played tennis, you know, a, a couple different other things. Um, I ended up going up to Utah State, which is a funny story. Um, one of my mentors, John Huntsman, you know, I had been planning on going to the University of Utah and one day I was chatting with him about my plans for college and I told him about the University of Utah and he ended up saying that I needed to go to Utah State to attend his business school that he had recently been, you know, promoting and working on and funding. And so on a whim, I, I switched my plans to Utah State. So it's kind of funny how I ended up there. Um, but, you know, studied there for three years, uh, got a degree in business administration, um, met my wife my last few weeks while up at Utah State. I'm recently married. Um, it's been three months, so that's been incredible. She's amazing and, and one of my real rocks. Um, so hobbies, I think, you know, I, I love going to the gym. I love talking about business. You know, I have a good friend, Christopher, who's been on this podcast. And it's fun to see how giddy and excited we get about talking about, you know, entrepreneurial ideas and, you know, such. And so I honestly would break down kind of my hobbies to, you know, working out my family and, you know, business. I love it. I love that, man. That's so cool. And it really ties into this podcast and, you know, really the whole message that we have. And that is just promoting the opportunity for people, whether they're just looking to make a couple hundred bucks a month extra, or they really want to build, you know, a strong foundation to build an empire one day. So Absolutely. I love, uh, you know, I love your thoughts on that. So tell us a little bit about uh, your background as far as some of the different businesses that you've been involved with and what some of your experience has been. Yeah, absolutely. So I think going back to when I was seven or eight, you know, I had one of my first entrepreneurial, you know, ventures and that was a lemonade stand. And, you know, it's kind of funny. We found the best way to get, you know, or to maximize our profits with lemonade was giving free lemonade but asking for tips. And we ended up making, I think, five or six times, you know, more than we, you know, we would regularly make just selling lemonade. And that continued to, you know, expand into, you know, mowing lawns for people in the neighborhood to collecting golf balls and cleaning them up and selling them on the tee boxes, you know, all the way up to, you know, I, uh, one of my first you know, ventures, real ventures was a, a Thai company that I actually, you know, worked on with Christopher. Um, and that was a complete fail. But, you know, just continue to find opportunities, um, take these opportunities, make the most out of them, whether it's a learning opportunity, or whether, 
Um, it's simply an opportunity that connects you to more individuals that will help you get further in life. Um, you know, that all led me up to, you know, I feel like, you know, starting and, and selling my first successful company, which would be my Amazon FBA business. Um, and that business, we'll talk more about that, but um, that was a business that, you know, I worked on, you know, for the first, I mean, for the last 18 months um, while I was in college, um, super great experience. Um, and after that, that kind of led me into what I'm doing today, which is listings. And we'll, we'll go ahead and dive into that as well a little, a little bit later. But I feel like I've always kind of my whole life, I've always, you know, had great examples of people that were entrepreneurs or pursue, pursued entre entrepreneurial endeavors. And so having those examples kind of led me to to want to do the same. And so I just picked up and did whatever I, I could with what a, whatever opportunities were best available. Very cool, man. So you mentioned a, like a lot of really, really good points here. And that is, you know, through some of the different experiences, you had some that were just flops, but you kept going and you kept learning. You mentioned, you know, a little bit about uh, some of the mentors that you've had and different influences in your life. And then you've also talked a little bit about, you know, being in college while starting a business. I think one of the biggest uh, issues and or excuses I hear people say is, well, I don't have time. Like I'm working a job or I'm going to school or I'm doing this or I'm doing that. And I don't have time to start a business. And what would be, you know, your response to that? And how do you really find the balance or the clarity necessary to be able to run both? You know, Dave, I think it all comes down to priorities um, because some people in college or in life, their priority priorities is going to the football game or going to that party, or going to the concert, you know, we all have different priorities, but where is starting a business or where is launching your career on your priority scale? You know, for me, you know, I have obviously my, my big priorities, which is, you know, my family, my religion, you know, going to God, and, you know, right down that alley would be, you know, health and business, you know, that I kind of pair up with, with themselves, and so, you know, it, it comes down to priorities. If, if you don't want to start a business, then you're never going to end up starting one. But if you truly set that as a priority, you'll find time. And some of the most productive hours and only hours that I've been able to find to start a business or work on a business are those hours at 10 o'clock at night, you know, and you're up till three in the morning or you're skipping that party or you're not going to those you know, sporting events. Um, I think during my last two years at Utah State, I intended maybe one or two sporting events and parties, you know, they weren't really a thing. You know, I was I was busy grinding and, and trying to, you know, make something out of, you know, nothing. And that's that's what entrepreneurship is, is it's it's magic. You're taking something that doesn't exist or, you know, is it making money and you're you're making it actually turn profits and and provide value. And so you know, just to just circle back to your to answer your question, I think for those that, you know, struggle or have questions about how to, to make time for these things, it's all about a priority. And and our, our lives are run off, run after run off priorities and sit down and make a list and, and see where starting a business sits. And if it's not where you want it to sit, then go ahead and find a way to 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 make it be in a location where, you know, or a, a spot where it's it's one of your priority and, and main time. Um, I shouldn't say wasters, but where you spend your time. No, I love that. I've just been recently reading a, a book called 
claim your power by Mastin Kip. I don't know if you've heard about it, but one of the I'm things not- that I've, it's it's a good one. It's worth checking out. But one of the things that I've picked up, I think the biggest is he talks about how, you know, in life, we really have three main focuses, if you will. And that is you have your uh, yourself, you have others and you have, you know, whether it's a, a higher power or God or, you know, whatever your religious aspect is. But those are the three main things. And then within those three things, the order of priority in which they sit. Right. And so. In the book, he talks about how, you know, a lot of times we give our power away to others before we do, you know, either ourselves or God. And when we give that power away to others, how does that allow us to move forward? And I think you're exactly right. I mean, it just goes back to the priority thing where if we're so worried about, you know, going to the parties and doing the things. And it's not that we can't have fun, right? I mean, I believe Absolutely. entrepreneurship and business is like one of the most fun, exciting things that, uh, that I do in my life. But, um, you know, it just made me realize like, wow, first of all, the priority is so different backwards where, you know, his, his main focus is like, look, you have to put yourself first and then God and then others. And the reason he says, put yourself first is he's like, God has created each of us as individuals and he's given us power. And so if we are giving away our power to him first, before we do anything else, then it offsets what he's talking about. And what he's been able to give us the ability to do. And so when you start to think, okay, it's kind of like the, the scenario, right? When the, when the oxygen mask comes down out of the plane, before you can go help others or do anything else, you have to put it on yourself. Otherwise, you're going to die before you can help anybody <laughs> else, right? And so, you know, I think you nailed it right on. And that's been, I believe, uh, one of the greatest assets that I've had as well is just saying, okay, look, what's most important what is going to be the long-term vision? Um, I think we also get caught up in the short-term versus the long-term where it's got to be right now. You know, we're such a instant society where things can happen like, you know, the snap of your fingers. And we've lost sight of making long-term decisions with short-term outcomes. I absolutely what, agree. What's your thought on that? Yeah, I, I think that's that's one of the big things that discourages people when they get into entrepreneurship is they see it almost like a get rich quick scheme, something that's short term that's going to make them their million dollars that they're going to go kind of retire on. But in all reality, you know, that, that anything that's a get rich quick scheme is too good to be true or you know, you just hit the jackpot. And I kind of think about Bitcoin. I mean, it's great if you were one of the first people that, you know, got on board with that, you know, right now you're living it. But, you know, the people that jumped in later when it became popular, because they saw it as a get rich quick scheme, a short term kind of deal, you know, they ended up getting burned and losing, you know, tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars. And so I think when it when when it comes back to anything, whether business or personal or financial, you got to look at the long run. You got to realize that things are going to take time to build, especially if they're going to be long lasting. And and so don't get discouraged. Don't don't look for those immediate results. You know, you've got to grind for a little bit sometimes to get to where you want to go. But to plan for the long term is is obviously the smartest thing to do. And I think we just forget that basic concept. I think you're exactly right. I mean, you mentioned that you like working out and I recently started 
going back to the gym about uh, five, six months ago. And it's just, it's, I love the analogy because, you know, when you first start out, you get there and you're looking around like, okay, here we go. This is a new <laughs> adventure and this is going to suck and you know, everything else. But then the longer you go, the more consistent you become the, I wouldn't say easier it becomes, but the more routine it becomes, mm -hmm. which allows it to become more fun instead of just a burden. And then you also start seeing the results, you know, after you're not going to see them in the first day. But maybe by the first two or three weeks, you're going to start to see a difference. And here's the thing with fitness. I love that point so much because one of my my mindsets with fitness has been is and this is going to sound kind of, you know, contrary to anything that you would believe. But I have never set a weight loss goal. I have never set a body fat percentage goal. My goal for fitness was develop a habit to go to the gym for the rest of my life. That That's the only thing. And developing that habit, I know would bring me whatever results I wanted. And I think that's, I think that's one of, especially in fitness, just moving away from business, I think that's one of the big things that discourage people or the biggest fallout for people with fitness or in some of these long-term goals is they set these short-term goals and they either A, don't reach it and then fall out, or B, they reach it and then it's like, what next? Like I already hit it kind of deal. And so mm -hmm. I think developing, focusing on habits, um, especially when it comes to fitness and the long term deal, you know, I think I think that's that's the best way to go for things like that. Sorry for the, the fitness plug. I just I'm so passionate about that as well. <laughs> no, man, I, I love it. And it, you know, it really is just a great way to visualize you know, that aspect. And I love that you mentioned you didn't really set, you know, the weight loss goals, but, and this is something that comes back to, I can't remember where I, where I heard it, but basically they said goals are for losers. Right. And I was like, well, that's interesting. And then he started talking about milestones. Right. And that's part of the process where yeah. if you think about hiking a mountain, we all say, well, it's to get to the top and see the views. Well, the reality is it's not because you still have to come back down the joy is in the process and the reward is in being able to accomplish something greater, but you need to have milestones like being able to reach the top and see the views that keep you on task and on point to be able to then turn around and make it back down the hill to where you're, you know, actually developing the progress and you're, you're achieving the whole process instead of just a piece of it, the equation. Wow. I love that. That's, that's really cool. I love it, man. Okay, well, let's uh, let's transition a little bit here. What uh, what are some of the current projects that you're working on right now? Absolutely, yeah. So I mentioned that I did a little bit of e-commerce uh, while in college. So that was just an Amazon FBA business, importing products from China, um, selling them through Amazon, um, branding them, you know, marketing them, all that kind of stuff. Um, sold that company this past December when I had an idea. Um, and I, and I call that business Listint. So what Listint is, is it stands for Listing Assistant. And it's a peer-to-peer -peer platform um, for selling. And not selling like from buyer to seller, but more like providing a selling service for individuals that want help or need help selling an item. So on both sides of the platform, you have, you know, you have two types of users. You have owners and sellers. Owners sign up to post items that they need help selling. And sellers sign up to sell those items for a commission. So you can almost think of it like a real estate agent for your used stuff, 
or an Uber for personal salespeople. And essentially, well, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, you keep rolling, man. Yeah. And so essentially what I'm trying to create is a network allowing people to sell items easier while giving others the opportunity that have the time and have kind of the resource and the knowledge of selling, you know, online to be able to go ahead and sell those items for them. And, you know, I've, I've, I've kind of seen this gap or this, this market where people, they don't want to sell them the items themselves because there's time that comes after posting the item onto these platforms like KSL or Facebook. You know, you got to deal with calls and texts and meetups and negotiations and strangers and spam. You know, there's all this that you have to deal with. And so by allowing someone to handle all that for you, it's really creating value. So I've been full time actually working on this project since December. Um, I had no knowledge about coding, developing, any of that. But, you know, I outsourced it to India. I've learned how to kind of project manage you know, an app and a, and a web platform. And just, I've been working on it since, you know, just January. And actually recently we just launched kind of a beta um, that we ran for the last six um, weeks. And now we're kind of entering into our, our marketing and, and production phase where, you know, we're starting to really get the word out. And, you know, it's been really exciting to see the people that have benefited from it. Um, we've had, around $17,000 worth of items sold through the platform, which is not a lot. Um, no, but, but in a beta, you know, within the last few weeks, that's not bad at all. Yeah, exactly. Within just a beta, you know, I've really seen the potential of this, this, this product of this business and, you know, and how scalable it is that, that gets me really excited. But, you know, one of the, the, the biggest aspects of why I love Listint is the job creation factor. Um, and I, I shouldn't call them jobs because they're, they're more like personal contracting jobs. Um, and those are the sellers on the platform that sell to earn a commission. But I love this because it kind of goes back to kind of the, the, the entrepreneurial model where you can make money on the side doing anything. You know, you can sign up to sell items on the platform and, you know, make an extra $500,000, $2,000 a month you know, just selling people's stuff in your neighborhood. And, you know, that's, that's kind of a a tender spot for me because while I was in college, you know, running this e-commerce business, I didn't have another income because I was rolling everything back into the business. And so what I would do on the weekends is I was come, I'd come down from Logan to Salt Lake and I would drive Lyft, you know, and I would drive Lyft till three or four in the morning on Friday and Saturday to be able to, you know, make a couple extra bucks. And so, to be able to create a platform that that provides an opportunity to create supplemental income, I mean, that to me is one of the coolest things and such a valuable thing for people that, you know, maybe are a little bit less entrepreneurial but want to do something like that or people that, you know, are just trying to make ends meet. But to kind of circle back to answer your question, that's what, I, what I've been working on the past, you know, 10, 11 months. And I'm just really excited to see where it takes me and, and see who can benefit from it. Dude, that is such a cool idea, such a cool concept. I'm excited to, you know, we'll have to touch base down in the next six months or year and see, you know, where, where you've been able to come and grow this. But uh, I believe you're onto something. And I love just the hustle, man. I love the attitude. I love the grind, the passion. And that's really, 
you know, what I think a lot of people just don't realize is it's like people just look at it and they go, well, how do I transition to being an entrepreneur full time? How do I how do I let go of my nine to five job that I've been so, you know, deeply ingrained since the time I was a young child? Like, how do I let go of that and transition over, you know, and you nailed it where you just said, well, I did what I took. You know, I did what I had to do in order to make the results happen. Mm hmm. And I love that. Like there, there are, I mean, there are millions of ways to make money in this world on your own and you can do just about anything that the question is, are you the type of person that is willing to go through the hard work and the learning? And even you said, you know, getting this business started, it took you 11 months to really learn how, I mean, you had, I'm sure some different mentors that kind of guided you through it, but you just went out and you learned, you learned something new. And you developed it because you had a passion and you had a connection to it that made you actually want to see something work and materialize. Absolutely. And kind of, you'll probably ask me, you know, some of the lessons I've learned kind of in the process, but, you know, I think this is an ideal time to, you know, kind of share something that I've, you know, learned and, and that's like, don't, don't overlook practical business ideas. And if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, it might not be you, but, you know, Christopher was telling me um, about a friend, I think it's you, is you, you own a bunch of vending machines around the valley. Is that you? Yeah, that's me. Yep. Yeah. Like that is the most practical idea that I feel like is so overlooked. Why are we trying to, you know, build these crazy intricate, you know, ideas to start off with, you know, why don't we just go ahead and jump in with something like, let's wash windows or let's buy vending machines. Like those ideas are so practical. Don't reinvent the, the wheel or create a new market or a new product. Go find something that people are already doing that already is successful, that you already can find lots of information online and go do it. You know, and I, I guarantee that managing those, those um, vending machines for you has become such an easy streamlined process that it almost requires probably little to none effort on your part now moving forward. And so for these people that are trying to quit their nine to five job, go find a practical idea, throw a few hours into it after work and, and see where it takes you. You know, don't overlook these, these practical ideas. I love that, man. And you know, time, like people don't be afraid of time. Yeah you know, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but at the same time, everything is a process and you can't rush it. If you have an idea and you have progression, I mean, I think that's the biggest key focus, but I'm sure you even found that, you know, in your development side, it took much longer than you had originally anticipated. Oh, it probably goodness. cost a little bit more than you had originally <laughs> anticipated. Absolutely. Yeah, no, definitely. And I don't know, man, I think that's one of the things that people just need to just take a deep breath and realize that, look, you're starting something or you're getting involved in something that is going to be a part of your life, you know, and it may just be for a short period. It may be for a long period, but you're going to dedicate yourself to becoming a master at whatever it is, the skill and the trait that you have is. And, uh, you know, I, I love your examples and, and what you've been able to show and what you've been able to create. And, you know, even like you mentioned, some of the different experiences that you've had. Um, let me ask you this. And this kind of goes right into uh, what we were just talking about. But when do you know 
how or when to transition from saying, okay, now's really the time that I need to start spending more time in my business. Yeah. So I think as far as the transition, I think it depends on number one, where you are in life as far as like um, relationship wise, like, are you married? Do you have kids? You know, those family comes first, you know, that's one of the priorities. And so if, if you're, if you're working a nine to five job and you have a, you know, idea and you're about to jump out of an airplane, basically without a parachute to see if it works out and support your family on that as well. I mean, I wouldn't say that's ideal, but I think once you realize like, Hey, I've proven that I can make money doing this. If I do a B and C, I'm going to be able to provide for my family. or I'm going to be able to, you know, support the lifestyle that I currently have because I, I, I don't think it's very prudent um, to do so. I actually, funny story, my dad started a, his business. He, he does PR. He has a PR firm, but he started his business when he was 40. He had five kids and his experience was, as I related, jumping out of an airplane without a parachute. You know, he didn't know whether things were going to pan out or not and if he was going to be able to provide you know, luckily things did work out, but you know, I don't think you need to do that. I think the best time to transition is after you've proven something works at least a little bit, or yeah. if, if, if it's a task that requires literally all your time and you're able to, you know, for example, in my situation, I have no kids, you know, I don't have a lot of liabilities. So for me to be able to drop everything and work full time on, on this business, you know, it's not a big deal, but I think it's it's just so personal, depending on where the person is in life, you know, what, you know, side what what their finances are like. But, you know, if you can do it, make the jump. But if you have people that you need to care for and other priorities you need to deal with, you know, make sure that you've you've kind of proven the concept and have a plan, you know, a game plan, you know, ABC of how you're going to be able to get where you want to go. No, I love that, man. And that analogy is perfect, right? It's you hear jump out of an airplane and build the parachute on the way down. Yeah. Well, you kind of need the tools in order to build the parachute. So if you have some of the basic fundamental knowledge and, or, you know, proof that it works, then you have what you need to be able to build it on the way down. Exactly. (laughs) I love it, man. Well, we're getting close on time here, but I did have a couple last questions for you. And one of them being, you know, you've had many different experiences and different entrepreneurial ventures. You've learned a lot. You've had some successes. You've had some flops. You've had, you know, the ups and downs of, of just the grind of entrepreneurship, you know, and if really, really the way that I love phrasing this question, if you were on, you know, your deathbed and you're taking the last final breaths, what piece of advice would you give to somebody just starting out? You know, Dave, I think, the number one piece of advice I would give people looking to get into some entrepreneurial invent, um, entrepreneurial venture would be having the correct motives um, and having the correct motives to start a company or to build a company will literally save your business because building a business makes you question yourself every day. <laughs> the, the good days out outnumber are far outnumbered by the bad. I mean, I swear it's a roller coaster. You hear that analogy a lot for, you know, building a business, you know, one hour or one day you're on top of the world thinking, you know, I'm going to be the next millionaire, 
this is going to be so successful. And then the next hour, the next day, you know, it's the complete opposite side. Like this is going to be a failure. You know, this is not going to work out. I need to go get a nine to five job. And so having the correct motives behind why you are doing this, why are you starting this business will definitely save your, 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 your business in the long run. And to tell you the truth, I don't think money is a correct motive because if money was the correct motive in any of the businesses that I've started, I probably would have quit within the first three months because the money wasn't coming, coming, you know? Mm -hmm. And so there has to be something else further than money. Obviously the money's nice. It's great. But for me, it's the freedom. It's the thrill of creating something that helps people, that people love, that people enjoy. You know, it's a passion for an industry. I love technology. It's providing excellent customer service. You know, it's learning. I love learning. I've learned so much in the last 10 months building this new company that I never would have learned, you know, in any other way. And all these different motives, you mentioned, I haven't mentioned anything about money, but all these different motives is what keeps me going every single day through the ups, through the downs. And if you have those correct motives, then I know you'll be successful in what you pursue. Dude, that was just spot on. I love that. Um, which is a perfect way to just say, you know, is there any other piece of advice or anything else you want to share with our listeners today? Listen to the man, Dave. I think this is a great <laughs> podcast. I've been, I started episode one and, you know, I've already seen and heard so many, you know, great things from you. And so I think this is a, a, a great idea. I think this is a very helpful resource and, you know, surround yourself with winners. You know, the reason I, I would never call myself a winner, but the reason why I've gotten where I've gotten is because of the people I've been surrounded with. And, you know, you hear the quote, you're, you're a sum total of the five people you spend the most time with. And I truly believe in that. And so if, if surrounding yourself with winners is listening to this podcast frequently or reading books from, you know, people like Stephen R. Covey or Dale Carnegie or Napoleon Hill and spending your time with these individuals in the form of books or podcasts or, you know, just whoever you can surround yourself with, surround yourself with winners because that's who you'll become if you do so. I love it, man. If anybody wants to reach out and connect with you or, you know, learn more about listening or, you know, just have questions for you, what's the best way to connect with you? You can, you know, connect with me on LinkedIn. You can find me Thomas Dale. Um, you can go ahead and, you know, visit my website. My information should be there as well. And that's www.listint.com, L-Y-S-T-A-N-T.com. Um, or, you know, just reach out to you. You know, you have my number and, you know, we got to get together sometime soon and hang out. Catch yeah, up. let's do it, man. Definitely need to. That'd be great. Well, Tommy, well, it's, it's been an amazing episode, man. I really appreciate you taking your time to come on with us. And uh, as always, make it a fantastic week, everybody. And really, this episode has been one that's been so much fun to hear, you know, just some of the different insights and the, the journey of what entrepreneurship looks like. And at the end of the day, it's all totally worth it. So if you have any questions, comments, concerns, just want to check out who we are and what we do, just go to www.selfreliantwealth.com or check us out on any social media platform. Thanks so much and have a fantastic day. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wealth Reliance Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about who we are and what we do, check out our website, www.selfreliantwealth.com.
wealth, W-E-A-L-T-H dot com. Are you ready to learn how you can take your life and your business to the next level? Learn how you can create side income and have different assets pay for your life and your lifestyle? Tune in next week to the Wealth Reliance Podcast. This is Dave Deal signing out. Thank you so much and have a great week.